Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available in stores including Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation by first getting our financial house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. Now more than ever, we must grow our wealth, follow our passions, live with compassion, and find a way to achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Just as it has been in prior generations, the ideal of the American dream is being challenged, not just because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, but because of the callous murder of a fellow black man, George Floyd, that we all got to see. The example of his abuse, and that of many others, cuts through the core of the American dreams I have believed in all of my life. I have a persistent belief that all are created equal, worthy of respect, deserving of opportunity, and the ideals of the American dream live inside all of us. I thank you for supporting dreams, your dreams, by listening to this podcast. The purpose of this content is to educate listeners and for them to inform others. This episode is part of a series of recorded Zoominars from my Jason Howell Company YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the video versions. In my business life, my wealth management firm collaborates with many experts. Together, we transform regular investors into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families and their communities. This episode features some of that expertise. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, let's explore the unique role of community foundations with Jennifer Owens, CEO and Christy Cole, philanthropic advisor from the Arlington Community Foundation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of our Zoominar Speaker Series or Jason Howell Company Zoominar Speaker Series. Uh, before I say anything else, I'm going to let everyone into the room. And here we go. And so once again, welcome, folks, to our Zoominar Speaker Series. Uh, I'm Jason Howell, uh, principal at Jason Howell Company, and we had a bunch of these over the spring and the summer as we were getting used to sheltering in place. Uh, took a little break in August, if you can believe it. I took a vacation and I survived. Uh, so we're back and we're very excited to continue to bring expertise to the community so that we can all learn something uh, while we're trying to figure out our finances and our world. Uh, there's been so much social disruption here in 2020. And if you're anything like me, um, you've changed over all these months. Um, it's been a really unique time and so there is no time like the present to learn more and more about some of the concepts that we are bringing to the table today. And what is that? Well, it's about the local role or the role of local community foundations in our area. Where exactly do they fit in when it comes to philanthropy? Um, where do they fit in when it comes to going after the causes uh, that we are passionate about? 
to speak to that. We have two principals from the Arlington Community Foundation here. Um, two people that I think you may know before if you're, if you're in Arlington at all, um, but Jen Owens and uh, Christy, Christy, Christy. Uh, Christy Cole is here as well. So let's meet them. Let's just say hello. Uh, we'll start with Jen. Jen, how has your day been? Oh gosh, I had my annual board meeting today. So I got a chance to see former and current board members of the Community Foundation. It's a, a very energizing day for me. That's an energizing, okay, pretty neat. Board members, how fun can that be? Excellent. Excellent. They're great people. <laughs> I imagine they are. And how about for you, Christy? Was it as fascinating as, uh, as Jen's day? Well, it, it was. It was uh, some great meetings with nonprofits today. I, of course, joined for the Community Foundation uh, annual uh, meeting of trustees and uh, also got to, to take a, a 30 minute walk with my daughter during her movement break uh, for virtual school. <laughs> um, unique, uh, a unique kind of work day. Spending recess with your daughter. Who knew that was a thing? Yep. Thank you, 2020. We'll take Absolutely. it. Okay. Well, so we know how our principals are doing today, uh, which is which is fair. We will uh, we will now go right ahead and switch to our screen and begin the more formal part of our presentation, especially now that everyone's pretty much chimed in here. So welcome once again. If you came to the Zoominar called the unique role of local community foundations, you came to the right Zoominar. Uh, my name again is Jason Howell. Uh, we've got Jennifer Owens and Christy Cole from the Arlington Community Foundation here to give us a little education and a little inspiration about what we can do in our community. But before we get to that, let's have a word from our sponsor. And so Jason Howell Company is a family wealth management firm. We work with parents to turn them into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families, of course, but also their communities. And we do that by now being affected by 2020, looking at socially responsible investing. We've always had this unique role of doing family governance, which is working with their families and figuring out what's best for what they wanna do, not only in the present tense, but in the long term and what the legacy is gonna be. But the last thing that we're going to speak about today that we're very interested in working our clients with a lot is philanthropy and being proactive, being intentional with philanthropy while you're alive, um, while you have the opportunity to make great decisions and experience some of the benefits of what you're doing. So we're really excited today to have two folks from the Arlington Community Foundation to show a little bit about oh, the partners that we work with to make this kind of thing happen and the kind of people that you can work with to express your values and what you want your family legacy to be about. And so first up, uh, we've got Christy Cole. Uh, Christy Cole is with the Arlington Community Foundation, as I've said, uh, and we had her bio sent out over the uh, newsletter, I guess, um, I guess earlier this week. And a couple things about her right here on the list. She's been in this business for 20 years, 20 years plus. She started when she was seven, which is amazing. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, and she's given a lot to this organization. I know she's going to talk about the Spirit of Community event coming up on September 23rd. Um, I'm interested in hearing about doorways. That's one of the things that she's also been a part of for a very long time and aspire after school learning. So Christy, please tell us. Tell us about the Spirit of Community. Tell us about doorways. Tell us about aspire. Well, certainly. Well, the Spirit of Community uh, was actually the first event that introduced me to the Arlington Community Foundation many years ago. And this has uh, traditionally been an in-person luncheon uh, where someone who has really given uh, selflessly to the community is honored. 
Uh, and it's an opportunity for people uh, from the business community, from the nonprofit sector, uh, all to come together in celebration of what makes our 26 square mile county uh, in Arlington very special. Now this year's event is going to be a virtual celebration and we're going to focus on uh, our first res responders, those people, we are honoring the many people who have kept our community going uh, during this very challenging time. And we're also going to have some really um, inspiring conversations with some local CEOs, um, Chris Nacetta uh, from, from Hilton, uh, and we'll, we'll be there. And we're just really looking forward to this uh, opportunity to bring together uh, all of the parts of our, of our community in celebration of uh, who we are and what we can do together. Uh, so you asked me to talk about uh, about doorways and uh, and inspire, and these are two organizations that are very special to me. I mean, as someone who has worked professionally um, in the field in the nonprofit field, starting in in uh, actually in banking and then in, in higher education, um, I get, always get asked to serve on development committees for nonprofits and. Um, I choose those opportunities uh, very carefully uh, and ones where I am really deeply connected to mission. And so Doorways uh, provides uh, safe uh, pathways out of domestic violence, <clears throat> sexual assault, and family homelessness in Arlington. And really uh, wraps around people to create uh, stability uh, and a much, much brighter future. So, um, and it's a mission that's been very uh, near and dear to me for over 14 years of my involvement there. And Aspire, I think, is, a, uh, is an organization that comes in at a very important intersection with the work of serving uh, families who are struggling with poverty, uh, because Aspire provides that after-school academic support uh, for students who are in danger of falling into the achievement gap. And again, it's a matter of wrapping around those students to ensure uh, their academic success, which also leads to the breaking down of cycles of poverty in our, in our community. Uh, both organizations are very important to me, and I thank you for asking me about them. I'm happy to ask you about them. Uh, yeah, you don't get to be emeritus unless you've been involved for a long time and you don't stay involved for a long time unless it means a lot. So thank you for sharing that. And last thing, tell us about your yoga practice. How's that going? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it used to be a hot yoga. Okay. I, I used to do Bikram and uh, I can't find any way or to make my house uh, hot enough. As hot? But I'm still doing, I'm still doing the, the, the yoga, but I miss the studio an awful lot. And I don't think you're baking enough. We'll have to talk more about that to get that house a little hotter. <laughs> well, thank you, Christy. Uh, great to learn more about you, both personally and professionally. And next, uh, we will talk with Madam Owens, as I believe she wants to be called, uh, President and CEO of Arlington Community Foundation. Uh, we're happy to have her. It, it's, if you read her bio, you'll notice that she's uh, really a, a former New Yorker from DC somehow. And somehow we got her back here uh, in October of 2018 to help lead the foundation. So thank you for coming, uh, Jenny Owens. I'm not sure if you want to be called Jenny, but I said it anyway. What's um, unique about her, besides her great experience, are some of these designations that she's gotten over the years. I don't think enough people know about. So would you start with telling us what a chartered advisor in philanthropy is? 
Sure. So um, when the Amer the American College created the that designation, I think they intended more for people like you, Jason, to be taking that um, taking those courses. But they help you to talk about both the sort of values based conversations that you can have with clients about how to um, to design and implement their charitable goals, both from a you know, the values perspective and the technical perspective. So it does a good job of mixing the technical um, with the more soft skills of helping people through the conversation of, of how to create a charitable legacy. Okay, terrific. And, and how did we snatch you back from these, from New York? Well, I lived in Syracuse and it was fall going into winter. So <laughs> I need a bit of that, um, that excitement of not going through another 130 inches of snow in the winter um, scenario. But um, truthfully, I um, you know, grew up in upstate New York. I moved here to go to college. Um, and when my husband and I decided to move back to Syracuse, he was from here. We moved back there. We were there for about 15 years and then this um, this job really gave me the opportunity to not only come back to this region, my brother lives here, um, it was a nice place to raise our kids um, now that we could be back here, and the Arlington Community Foundation really afforded me an opportunity to help to build the capacity of this organization and this community to do this type of charitable planning. No, oh, that's, that's exciting. Uh, a couple more items before we go to the Q&A. Um, and by the way, if you've got a question for either Jennifer Owens, Madam Owens, if you will, uh, or Christy <laughs> Cole, uh, feel free to put that in the chat and we will interrupt our list of questions with your question just as soon as we can. Um, I looked up Certified Legacy Navigator. I couldn't quite find it. Can you tell us about that process and what you did to earn that? Sure. The, um, you know, in my search for ways, as I'm sure you have, to better serve um, clients, I was always looking for um, opportunities to enhance my skills at um, both the way to have conversations as well as um, sort of the, um, the psychology behind some of this work. And so this was an organization that um, came out of uh, Minneapolis and they initially worked with um, hospice organizations to help hospice workers to handle the types of questions that were beyond the medical and sort of practical questions that their patients had, but were more about what, what does it all mean? How does it all tie together in their final days? And so this um, organization created a, a process for becoming certified and having those part of the conversation, which is different than, you know, some of the more practical things that you deal with at end of life. And so it really dovetailed nicely with what we were trying to do with helping people wrestle with some of these questions. There's a lot of people that can tell you how to um, move the assets, how to, you know, work through the technical aspects, but to get to that that the heart of the question, which is what are your values and how do you want those values to come through um, for the long haul, that, that's a different um, set of skills altogether. And it's one that community foundations are really uniquely able to do. So we have to get trained to do it well. Oh, well, it's Arlington is lucky to have you with sort of this combination of additional expertise you know beyond the college degrees so um thank you for that on behalf of arlington finally tell us a little bit just a little bit about steve oh steve uh we rescued this dog it was a terrible choice <laughs> oh gosh good this to know <laughs> my friend who rescues the hardest luck case dogs uh from all over the country 
rescued this dog and um, pawned him off on me and he's wormed his way into our hearts but uh, he continues to be um, my special needs child that is very um, uh, very uh, we're very hopeful that one of these days he'll really learn that he's both a dog and that he can behave himself so we're, we're working through some things with Steve you can do two things at once right Steve like please yeah. you can be a dog and be a good dog I, I beg you <laughs> Well, great. Thank you both for um, just, again, sharing a little bit about yourselves and, and how you got into this profession, why you care about it. Um, here we have a list of questions that we really hope are, for everyone watching, just definitive around what you do. Feel free to be spontaneous and add and edit a little bit as you go as far as these answers. As I said at the beginning, if you have questions, please put them in the chat and we will read those before we go down our list. But for now, I'll just read them and I'll have uh, Miss Owens, Madam Owens, and, uh, and Christy answer. So the first one is for Madam Owens. What role do community foundations play in general? Sure, I've been in this field for about uh, 20 years now. And what it, is it really exciting to me about community foundations is that we really have the opportunity to have a bird's eye view of what's going on in a community to help the ecosystem of a community to function in a way that has, yields the best possible for everyone. So we have the ability to look broadly and say, what are the greatest needs? What are the issues that are happening in our community to kind of look forward and say, what are the things that are coming up as issues? What do we see to talk to the nonprofits and say, what are you seeing on the ground? What, what do you think the trends are gonna be? And then to work with the donors in the community to say, how do you want to engage in this community? What of these issues do you wanna engage with? How can we make connections between the greatest needs of a community and the people who have the means and the desire to solve them and bring them together? And community foundations are really about making the pie of philanthropy bigger so philanthropy and the amount of charitable dollars available in the community is not a zero sum game. There is always more that could be liberated for charitable purposes. And so this uh, vehicle of a community foundation allows us to tap into that potential for more money to be available to solve these needs. People just need to know that if a dollar they give is gonna be put into a place that is both effective and meaningful. And so we offer them that, that value. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's really having this vehicle to allow people to, to kind of lead with their heart and sort of figure it out uh, as they go um, because of this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's really an opportunity. It kind of brings to, uh, makes available to everyone the opportunity to have the type of um, charitable or philanthropic advising that you would assume only um, was, you know, for the um, ultra wealthy. And this gives, it sort of democratizes it and makes it available to everyone. We have, you know, we gather the community knowledge and we just freely make it available and help you as a person to see how, how you can fit into the, the greater community. Great. Yeah. So you kind of work for the community literally by bringing this information to the table, even if we're just thousandaires, which is, yeah. which is very helpful. <laughs> uh, Christy, tell us then uh, what's special about the Arlington Community Foundation. Well, I think we have a we have a special bird's eye view of what's going on in the, that 26 uh, square miles, and we do uh, a lot of um, convening. Where we have initiated uh, together with partners uh, a, uh, 
the Shared Prosperity Initiative, where we've laid, brought together, and this is uh, an initiative for which Arlington was selected uh, by the Kresge Foundation, Brookings, uh, the Urban Institute, uh, and we are uh, bringing business leaders, uh, nonprofit leaders, government leaders together uh, to talk about the most important and pressing uh, community issues. And we are focused in on uh, housing affordability. Uh, we're focused in on affo affordable childcare um, and we are, and workforce development. And to be able to put focus around those issues is very important. So I think that, uh, that community um, knowledge and convening capability is very special. Uh, it's also a really special place because uh, we we capture a lot of the the history of philanthropy uh, in Arlington. Uh, when we look at uh, as reflecting upon that, as I looked at the Zoom screen of our uh, trustees, uh, past and present, and I'm really eager to see with our initiatives that we have in place now and with our focus on bringing more people to the table to engage in philanthropic planning uh, from all, you know, including our, our thousandaires and our <laughs> millionaires in Arlington. Right. And to think about, um, you know, what this, um, you know, really broad coalition of people invested in the community will look like uh, moving forward. And, uh, and we have the expertise on our team to provide uh, that kind of planning service, both in the um, you know, strategy around the giving and identifying priorities uh, for each individual donor and, and helping to ask the good questions of financial planners and estate planners and other allied professionals uh, to help donors uh, best integrate their charitable giving with their financial and estate planning. And so it's exciting. And Jen, and I have to say, uh, we, you already, you stole a little bit of my thunder. I, I knew you were going to ask about what's special about the Arlington Community Foundation. And I was going to spend some time talking about Jen and uh, what a win it was uh, for us to be able to, to hire her and bring her expertise to Arlington. She's shaking her head, but it's really <laughs> informational for us. Well, we'll, we'll take it um, in our local area. I mean, both of you uh, speak of these 20 years of experience. So I think our, our area is lucky to have you both for sure. And, and you, you spoke to something there, Christy, that was quite helpful. We've, we've actually had a conversation with the Northern Virginia Community Foundation um, earlier this year, but that idea of local presence and local expertise, um, I guess that's what really makes these um, sort of city uh, community foundations or county community foundations extra special. Yeah, Jason, and I would say we also partner really well with the other local community foundations in our region because some issues are hyper local, some are regional, and when there are regional issues, we work with the other community foundations to make sure that we are each taking our piece of the pie and working on where where we feel we we can you know best be effective so that we're not overlapping or wasting resources by duplicating efforts. So even you know, tomorrow I'm moderating a panel for the Community Foundation for Northern Virginia about food insecurity, and that's the type of collaboration. It's it's not a um, it's not a competitive thing. It's a, it's an additive. Yeah, I think that's eight thirty in the morning tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, you're gonna be there. <laughs> I, I need to be working out now, Christy. Or, I'm sorry, Madam Owens, at eight thirty since I can't go to the gym. Um, I'm here. 
So um, I might miss that one. <laughs> but while, while you're up, uh, please tell us about uh, philanthropic planning and legacy planning. What, what exactly do those terms mean to the lay thousandaire and even the lay millionaire? <laughs> sure, I think, you know, the, the idea that our time uh, here is limited is one that we don't like to think about, but one that if we don't think about it, we're not setting our heirs up for very much success. So what um, I like to um, do is really help families to figure out how they pull the thread of their giving during their lifetime through to have the money that they have worked so hard to make and have you know, set aside and been um, you know, good stewards of um, to have that work for the, um, the future success of their kids. So if you spend time getting your children involved in philanthropy and you want them to be able to continue to be engaged, you need to be thoughtful about setting that up. And so providing guidance for how your money is used afterwards, determining what you want that money to say about you, um, because the choices we make with our money um, speak to our values and they speak to the things that we're passionate about. And so this is an opportunity to define how you want to be remembered and then also to share and, and keep that communal history um, alive for future generations to inspire them to continue to invest in the community. So it's, it's sort of that circle of life idea, um, but also you know, a way to, to tie a neat bow um, on your own hard work over, your, over the course of your lifetime. You know, I'm really attracted by that. I think our firm ethos is really about that. You, you work in a financial plan, and if, if you're lucky, um, the financial advisor comes back to you and says, at age 95, you have two million bucks left over. And now there's a question, you know, what are we gonna do? Are we just gonna say, well, when that happens, that happens? Or are we gonna say, while we're alive, we'd like to do X, Y, and Z? And by the way, this idea of what you're speaking to almost sounds like, um, you know, we, we do this called family governance, other people have called it an ethical will, that idea of sharing your values with your family while you're alive and then putting some action behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. It sounds like the Community Foundation can really help with that. Yeah, that, that plan. So when you go through a process with a community foundation, any community foundation, you know, the, the idea is to start with what, how, what are the values that you want your giving to, um, to, to reflect? And so mm -hmm. when you start instead of starting with the end, you start with the beginning, which is how do we design a plan around what we want to achieve versus saying, here's the 10 charities, <laughs> um, name, let's list them out and then we'll go through them. It, this really takes it back a step and says, there's what you did during your lifetime and then there's what you want to do after. And so those may be the same, they may be different, but community foundations don't have a point of view about whether it ends up being the arts or affordable housing or animal welfare, we're, we're about finding out and extracting from you as a person what your passions are and helping you feel connected to that. The reason people put it off and don't do it is because it both seems hard, it seems um, like it's you know uh, too much work, I don't really understand how the process is gonna go. So we try to right size the process to the person who's gonna go through that process. Some people just wanna give you a list of charities, but other people wanna take a step back and reflect and they want someone to help them through that process because it can be a little too daunting to do it on your own. And, and who knew that whether you're a thousandaire or a millionaire next door that you could get this service and it's essentially for free. 
um, to make your money work for the causes that you'd like. Well, I think, Christy, you had this question. How can younger families cultivate this philanthropic spirit and, and kind of get started with this stuff? Well, this is, a, this is a great time to do it because we all are spending uh, even more time with our children than ever before. Uh, and it's an opportunity to have some very important conversations. Um, the first component uh, to building a spirit of uh, philanthropy in a family is really developing an understanding of community. Uh, so I like to talk to, to kids and encourage people to talk with their kids about who's in the community. Um, you know, it's neighbors, it's friends, it's the people who are working in the grocery store, it's our first responders, um, it's, um, it's people who, you know, it's a retiree who lives uh, up the street. And to really hone in on those, uh, the experiences of others in, in the community, uh, to develop an understanding and an empathy uh, that we're all in this community together, but we may have a different point of view about how we experience it. Um, I'll tell a, a quick anecdote. My kids um, for years were coming home complaining about a very mean lunch lady. And I think when I say the word lunch lady. <laughs> um, I already feel like that lunch lady was mean, just you saying that. I'm already thinking she was probably pretty mean. <laughs> yes. uh, but, you know, I really challenged them to think about her point of view. Wow. What it is like to be trying to serve food <laughs> to children who are, you know, free of their, their classroom and, and they're wanting to cut loose. And kids these days are complaining about food all the time. Yes. And, not, and being particular and and so um, but my son will never let me live it down. I made him write a thank you letter to the mean lunch lady um, and uh, and to take her some flowers and so now we've um, but he got a lot of really special good food after that. I bet he did. I bet he, you changed her life, um, you and uh, your son. But understanding understanding your community is a good foundational place to start. Uh, talking about money, we're t you know we're taught not to talk about you know politics and, and religion and money um, and talking about money is really really important. Starting with the discipline around. Um, you know, a, a lot of people you hear having the jars for, you know, save some, spend some, give some. Uh, there are a lot of different approaches to that. Uh, but instilling a sense of knowledge and responsibility for financial resources and growing that level of responsibility over, t over time, um, you know, is critically important. Um, instilling a sense of gratitude and contentment. Um, you know, we, I, I use the example of, you know, we have a car that gets us to uh, the various school and sporting events and other activities. And uh, we can appreciate and be grateful for that reliable car. Or we can be thinking, this car is not as, you know, this minivan is not as nice as, you know, Jack's mother's Mercedes SUV. Um, and I think it's, there's a discipline around focusing on gratitude and being content. Um, and, and finally, um, you know, the, I think practicing uh, philanthropy, both in terms of action uh, and uh, generosity. And so there are many, many ways for parents and children to get involved together in volunteering. Uh, but we all know, even in these times, people's schedules are busy. Um, you know, if you don't have time to volunteer with your kids, uh, you certainly have time to talk with them about community needs 
and to plan for how you might support organizations financially together. And, and let kids make some of their own decisions, uh, identifying needs that they see. Uh, don't, uh, don't try to, to guide them to what you see as the, the priorities. And, uh, and then finally, you know, having uh, an opportunity to reflect on giving and service as a family, you know, to think about what impact did we make? Who did we help? What did we change? And how did, how did we grow? So, uh, there, and, and as, as I said, there's just uh, no better time than 2020 to make this a family focus. Wow. Thank you, Christy. Um, I thought I was going to have three, then it was like four, and it was five. I counted six items there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're following at home, uh, and if I can read my handwriting, um, you know, getting an understanding of community, uh, who's in your community. So that's, that's a thing. So your lunch lady is a person. Um, talk about money, save, spend, give. Uh, gratitude and, you know, having a, instilling that sense of gratitude and contentment. Who cares about that Mercedes SUV? Um, and actually practicing philanthropy, whether that's time or treasure, right? Um, so it, it doesn't just have to be money. Uh, get kids to make some of their own decisions. Let them choose. That actually activates the brain differently when you choose, right? As opposed to just being told to do something. So I should call you Madam Cole because apparently you're also a neuroscientist. And then reflect on uh, giving um, during, uh, who knows, maybe during dinner time or something. Actually just talk about it and think about oh. it in the effect. Wow, uh, that, was, that was a great, uh, great bit there. Um, I think this next question goes to Madam Owens about some of the giving strategies in particular, as, um, as Madam Cole said, for 2020, what can we actually do uh, maybe with the help of Arlington Community Foundation in 2020? Yeah, I think one of the, um, I'm gonna mention stock giving and then I'm gonna let um, Christy talk about um, some of the special opportunities of this year, but one of the trends that we're seeing that I think more people need to think of is um, year-end giving by stock. So the ability to, um, donate appreciated securities to the Community Foundation were just like any other normal 501c3 public charity, so the same deductibility limits. You get a fair market value deduction, you avoid the capital gains, and then you use the cash that you might otherwise have used for sort of checkbook giving um, to either repurchase, you know, those, those stocks that you donated, so you have the um, higher basis. Um, or, you know, reinvest it in other ways in your financial plan. So it gives you the opportunity to get a double, a double tax benefit for whatever giving you would normally do. And also then to just have that one receipt. If you put it into a donor advised fund at a community foundation, you just have that one charitable receipt per year versus going at the end of the year and trying to scramble together from your busy lives and the paper that we're all used to having on our kitchen islands and sorting through that for charitable receipts. Wow, so you A, you have a bookkeeping service essentially with your business and B, you can see into our kitchens. Uh, good to know. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I don't remember hardly what I had for lunch the day before, it's difficult for me to remember, did I already give to doorways this year? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So Christy, tell us about 2020 uh, and some, some needs. Well, um, the, the CARES Act uh, has created some unique tax incentives this year tied to charitable giving. Um, you know, about 85% of uh, Americans are non-itemizers. 
uh, on their income tax return. And so for this year and this year only, um, non-itemizers are entitled to a $300 deduction. It's an above the line deduction for cash gifts to public charities. Um, and this is something there's been in fits and starts some legislation around this having this kind of uh, deduction available. This may be something that can that continues after 2020. Uh, but for now, this is a, a 2020 opportunity. Um, the other really uh, pertinent aspect of the CARES Act relative to uh, individual donors is that donors can apply uh, up to 100% of AGI adjusted gross income uh, for their uh, cash gifts uh, for charitable uh, deductions. So uh, prior to, you know, in a, in a normal year for cash gifts, the deductibility is limited to 60% of adjusted gross income. Uh, so this year you can deduct up to um, up to 100%. Uh, it's worth noting uh, that, that, that stock gifts are still limited at 30% of, of AGI. Um, however, the stock giving, the benefit of the capital gains tax savings is a really important thing to, to look at. And particularly uh, as we see a lot of portfolios uh, that have become, uh, you just look at the S&P, you know, become overweighted uh, in certain stocks, like say, you know, Amazon as an, ex as an example. Uh, so the stock giving provides a, a good opportunity to, uh, to rebalance um, and even, you know, in some cases to, um, you know, to, for certain stocks that people do want to hold on to long-term uh, to repurchase them, um, you know, at a lower, I mean, at a, excuse me, at a higher basis. But, um, but I think the, you know, there, and as, as far as the, the CARES Act is, is concerned, um, I think people need to really take the time to talk with their advisors uh, as they are making decisions about giving this year, because um, taking the, um, deducting up to 100% of AGI is not always the most tax efficient strategy. Um, we've looked at a couple of, of models where people at the higher income levels actually do better uh, deducting at the 60% and then using the, the carry forward because you can carry forward the deduction for up to, um, up to five years. So uh, just encourage people to think about their giving um, you know, now, many people think, are thinking about giving in that period of time between Thanksgiving and, and uh, the end of the year. And that's when a lot, I mean, the majority of charitable giving in this country happens in that period of time. And uh, I just would encourage folks to, to spend some time uh, looking at uh, the most tax efficient way to give uh, sooner rather than later. So instead of a November, December timeframe for thinking about it, thinking about it in September, October. That's helpful. So essentially philanthropic planning is tax planning in some ways as well. And yeah. there are some, some unique changes this year that you highlighted both for thousandaires and millionaires uh, to pay attention to. Well, exactly. Thank you. Well, I guess we have time maybe for this um, last question here. Uh, just talking really local, uh, if we can talk about Arlington and, and maybe a couple surrounding areas, but as you, as you see from your vantage point, is it the traditional areas that you mentioned, affordable housing, um, you know, food disparities, are those the current pressing needs in 2020 for Arlington? I think 
the the issues that we had before the pandemic did not were not made better by a global Okay, no. Uh, so that is a, definitely a true statement. I think what we're seeing is when there's a, a crack in a system and it has this kind of strain, that crack widens into a huge gap. And we're seeing that in education right now. I mean, our kids are home, they're working on their schoolwork. That's fine for people who have the setup in their house for that, the supports at home to make that successful but there's going to be a huge widening of the gap in education. There's going to be, um, you know, long-term issues with the food insecurity, with people's inability to pay their rent. So all of those issues that we had are going to push people out of our community faster. And we need income diversity in our community for both the moral imperative of it, but also we need it because it's an economic imperative of the success of our region to be able to have people who work in our schools, in our um, restaurants, in our hospitality, to be able to be here in our community as our neighbors. Um, so those issues that we're seeing are, are getting worse, but we also, I think, are seeing people step up in ways we have never seen because of this pandemic. So I'm really hopeful that with the um, increased awareness and the proving out that these issues were a problem and they are getting worse that people are really going to step up like a six month snowstorm you know you see the best in people yes. uh, at these times yes. which is which is heartening it's so heartening if you haven't taken a look in the chat um our, uh, our madam owens has put in a couple items there uh, number one if you wanted to check out the spirit event hosted by arlington community foundation on september 23rd yes um, there's a link there in the chat. Also, there's a great book, uh, Raising Financially Fit Kids, in case you are thinking about allowance and savings and spending and giving. Uh, there are really just a couple of really good books out there for it, and, and this is one of them. So thank you for sharing those with our uh, small community. I always have it right here, handy by. You do? You're always checking your notes, making sure you're being a good mom. Uh, hey. That's excellent. I can assure you that I don't need this book to tell me that I'm failing miserably. Yet. No, no. <laughs> but, well, I'm sure we could get actual witness testimony since all of our kids are at home. If you could just move the camera a little bit. Uh, and with that, I'm going to stop the share. And I'm going to thank uh, the both of you for spending some time, uh, not only with us on this particular call, but with the Facebook community. And later on with um, folks who will see the recording of this via YouTube. Before we go, let's just have one takeaway from each of you so that those of us who are, who are paying attention real time can really just get started. Uh, and I'll start with you, Christy. What's one thing that we should take away from this conversation in the realities that we're facing in 2020? Well, the moment is now. This is the time to learn about your community and to engage and to make a plan for this year and for the future. Okay, thank you. And Jennifer Owens, uh, same question. Sure. Um, you mentioned two words at the start of this, Jason, proactive and intentional. And I think it's uh, easy to think that proactive and intentional can happen without us being proactive and intentional. <laughs> uh, and so I, I just encourage people to 
you know, use this time when maybe we have fewer social obligations, sadly, to really, um, really step forward and, and do, do the thinking and, and rely on professionals like you, Jason, like the Community Foundation, like your local Community Foundation, just um, get, get out there and start the process. Everything is just one step at a time. Jennifer Owens, CAP, uh, Christy Cole, thank you so much for being here and sharing your time with us, your knowledge with us, your expertise, your experience of all 20 years, starting so, so young. Uh, we're, we're happy to know just a little bit more about how we can be proactive and intentional and do it right now in 2020. And with that, we'll yield the balance everyone. of everyone's Thanks, time. Jason, for this opportunity. You. You're quite welcome. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.